VoiceTube Studio presents a refreshing, fun, and informative podcast. Come with us to learn English and explore culture. Join Steve and Winnie on Ride the Vibes. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Ride the Vibes. This is your host Steve, and this is your host Winnie. All right, today we're excited to talk about a topic that was actually given to us by one of our fans.、Mm-hmm. She requested that we talk about sort of the generation gap or generation divide between the younger generation and the older generation. Now it's funny because every every generation they have different names. What are some of the names, Steve? Well, okay, if you're talking about like my grandparents who were born in the 1930s and 1940s. Uh, we call those people the silent generation. Ooh, the silent generation. Yes.、Uh, after that, we have the, probably the most famous one from the 20th century: the baby boomers. Baby, there's like so many funny videos or like parodies on YouTube yeah, about that. Yeah, there really are.、Um, I'll never quite understand baby boomers, but they they exist. They're they're kind of like the people that are in power right now.、Um, after that is Generation X, which、mm-hmm. are people born from 1965 to 1980. Mm-hmm. And so I have some friends that are Generation X, and they're sort of between baby boomers and millennials. So millennials are what Winnie and I would be, and、mm-hmm. anyone born、uh, basically after 1980 or 1985.、Mm-hmm. Well, I feel old just listening to all these terms. <laughs> <laughs> But there's、right. like Generation X and Y, which I have no idea what they are. Well, Gen X, like I said, that Gen X is just、um, 1965 to 1980 ish.、Mm-hmm. So you know, people right now that are in their 40s or 50s are probably Generation mm-hmm. X. Mm-hmm. Well, you know some of them, so I guess you're old. I do have a couple of friends <laughs> in their 40s, however, and you met one, Jonathan,、uh, but Jonathan seems like a millennial. All right, so I think today we're probably going to talk more about kind of the difference between baby boomers, I think,、mm-hmm. and. Generation X and Millennials combined, because、mm-hmm. I don't know. I find I I can relate to most Gen Xers, but I don't really think I can relate to Baby Boomers all that much. No, I can't either. So okay, let's get right into it. So we're gonna be talking a little bit about kind of East versus West here, and、mm-hmm. one of the biggest differences I find、um, is this idea of leaving home. Now、oh, we'll、yeah. talk about leaving home. In general, as well as sort of maybe the differences between our parents' generation and our generation. So, Winnie, how does this whole how does the whole concept of a teenager or a young adult leaving home work in Taiwan and East Asia? You know, it doesn't really happen much in the city because most of the people, most of the family in the city,、um, you know, they have a better life. But you know, in the countryside, or mainly people from you know the People living in the east of Taiwan, they kind of do have to leave home、um, at an early age and kind of just go out there and find jobs to do. Or maybe in, I would say before our parents, they have to get jobs pretty early in their lives so that they can make a living. Yeah, well, I mean, during your parents'、uh, upbringing, when your parents were, you know, young teenagers and young adults,、uh, Taiwan was quite a different country, right?、Mm-hmm. Not nearly as developed. So, I mean, I really have no idea、uh, how they would have lived. I mean, do you have any insight on that? Well, for my mom, she's luckier. She's always at home.、Uh, but for my dad, I think they had a pretty—I—I—I I, I don't want to use the word poor life, but it was—it、uh, wasn't as good. Uh, of course, my grandpa is a teacher, but then they have a lot of kids to,、uh, you know, they they got to provide the 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 dough. So,、um, 
I would say they had a pretty bad um, childhood, but they all grew up to be uh, successful people. Like my dad is an engineer. My aunts, they're all teachers and all that. So even though they had a poor life, but they don't really have to um, go out there and work when they were young. So when did your parents leave home? I would say until they get married. Uh, that happens in a lot of Asian households. Um, we don't usually live our family. We don't usually leave our families that early. Uh, maybe until we get married, or even you know when you get married, you still li- you still live with your parents. Yeah, I found this out when I went to Korea, and it really blew my mind. I was like, because I had a coworker. Uh, she was in charge of one of the teaching programs at the school. She was mm-hmm. about 37 or 38. And she told us, she's like, yeah, I still live with my mom and dad because I'm not married yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, that's like unheard of. Like, I feel like, because, you know, in the West, we kind of think like if you live with your parents, it's sort of like a bad, it gives you sort of a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a stigma attached to that. Mm-hmm. Meaning like maybe you don't have ambition to go work. Maybe you have no money. Uh, maybe you're not really someone who has marriage potential, mm-hmm. I guess. So in the West, it's sort of just unheard of. But yeah, in Asia, it's not rare to see people definitely in their 20s and maybe even 30s living with their parents. Yeah, I guess it has something to do with culture and also how expensive the houses are here. So for example, if you're living in, if you're from Taipei, if you're just originally from Taipei, you're probably not going to have enough money to buy a house. You know what I mean? So usually people would stay with their parents like me. I stay with my grandma. Why do I do that? I got to save rent so that I can actually save up. But for people from the south or maybe from the east, maybe they would move out because obviously there are more jobs in the north of Taiwan. That's the capital of Taiwan. So they would move out. So it really depends. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I had some friends that lived with their parents until their early 20s. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., that is, um, I don't really think that I necessarily think our system is better. Because in the U.S., we sort of say, like, oh, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20, or maybe at the latest after you graduate university. Because some people do live at home to save money Mm -hmm. um, for university. But after you finish university or sometimes even before, you're expected to go out and find Mm -hmm. your own apartment, go find some roommates, go rent a place, go get your first job. Mm -hmm. Or if you were me, you know, I left when I was um, 18 when I went to university. Mm -hmm. So my first experience living abroad was that, living abroad, uh, my first experience (laughs) living away from home was living in a dorm with a total stranger. Um, But yeah, I don't know if it's better though, because you're under a lot of financial duress or stress, Mm -hmm. like, you know, to pay rent when you're like 22, um, try to find some terrible job that barely pays you any money. Like, it's not really fun. It's a dream killer. (laughs) It's a dream killer, though. I mean, I guess the advantage is you live with your friends or roommates and that's a little bit more fun and Mm -hmm. free than living with your family. You know, I, we would just drink beers together or, you know, whatever we wanted to do. We didn't have to like make sure our parents were watching us or anything. So we did have a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I think for people who go to universities in Taiwan, if you're going to a different city, you would probably um, move out. But then most people, they kind of just go back to their you know, parents' house after graduating. So I think, it, yeah, like I said, it really depends. And it really just saves a whole lot more money. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. I see a lot of protection and sort of preservation of the family as a unit in Asia, Mm -hmm. as well as a chance to save money and really build for your future. Whereas the West, we really kind of say sink or swim, Mm -hmm. like get out there and work and do stuff or basically, you know, 
you got to learn you got to learn how to swim otherwise you're just going to sink <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then it also takes us to our next topic which is like taking care of parents i think there's going to be a while where um you know you kind of just move out because you're starting a family right but then when your parents or in my case i call them uh, my grandma or grandpa when they get older you would want to actually move back or have them to come and live with you so that you can take care of them Right. So in Asia, you're saying it's more traditional to live with your parents after they become a certain age, maybe like 70 or yes, so? Yes, yes. And, you know, in the past, even earlier times, I think most people, they would just live together as a family, like san dai tong tang. But now it's harder to see, you know, different generations living together. I would say more and more people are starting to move out. But for the people who are saving money or for, uh, you know, more traditional families, maybe in the South or something, san dai tong tang is still pretty common. Okay, interesting. Now, in the West, it's a little bit more case by case, I think. Um, you'll take care of your parents insofar as maybe they get sick and you need to help them pay for their bills or you need to like go visit their home and take care of them. For instance, my grandmother right now, uh, my last remaining grandparent, she is 81 years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she has, she can't really go out because of COVID-19. So my uncle goes there every weekend, drops off groceries, stays for a few hours, has lunch. And my dad's also visiting once or twice a week. So we do take care of our family when they get older, but we won't really live with them. That's pretty rare. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess, yeah. For, for my grandma, you know, she's got Alzheimer's and some um, health problems, of course. My aunt, uh, she would live with, with her. But I think for, for people in Taiwan, it's kind of like when their parents retired, that's when you kind of start taking care of them. Yeah, I just feel like in the West, I don't know, like young people are all so poor. Mm -hmm. Like I still feel like I'm really poor. Mm -hmm. And my parents just, you know, they had much more stability than I do. So my parents are, like, much more comfortable. Like, I don't know. I, I really worry about, like, people in my generation when we get old. Well, like, well then no that, that is the same, like, all around the world because in Taiwan, the younger generation, it's harder and harder for them to find a stable job because all the older people, they're still, you know, grabbing on, holding on tight to their jobs because it was a lot easier to, de uh, to develop stuff. But for this generation... You know, a lot of stuff had already been developed. So a lot of the younger people, they don't really have as much chances as before. Yeah, well, I also feel like maybe not so much in Taiwan, but certainly in the U.S. and the U.K., you know, you end up with a bunch of debt after you finish university. Mm -hmm. And that really, like, slows you down. That can really take away five to ten years of your, like, life. Yeah. And that can be potential savings towards a house, towards a different, a more a higher degree, like a master's degree. So that's a hard way to start uh, your professional life, as I found out the hard way. Yeah, tuition is more expensive in the States. But in Taiwan, education is kind of like something that you can get, anyone can get. Um, that's what I think is pretty good about Taiwan. I think, you know, the government is taking care of their people, good policies. But it also creates a, a trouble. If you graduate in if you graduate from university in Taiwan, it's kind of like you're graduating high school because everybody has a bachelor's degree. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm always I'm I really do admire Asia's respect for university. I mean, for education. Mm -hmm. I do think you know all the bushi bonds and cram schools. That's a little bit intense, uh, but I do actually really like that education is like a pillar of society in Asia. I think it's really great. Um, 
But yeah, nowadays, if you get a bachelor's degree, a four-year degree, uh, you're not guaranteed any job. You're not guaranteed any certain salary. Like You're going to be fighting for jobs, most likely. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So now I think that is why I always go for trades. I mean, if you have the skills, then you can probably, you know, beat people, uh, you know. um, Eh, Maybe. Yeah, you can beat some people. But of course, if you're a scholar, um, (laughs) you can just like tell people, hey, I graduated from this university. I graduated from this whatever facility that is. You can use that. But for people like me, I'm not really good with books. I'm not really good with academics. I'll go with trade because skills can always attract people. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to something a little bit more fun, I think, uh, or funny. Uh, differences in generations. So let's <laughs> just talk about some of the general differences between our parents' generation, the baby boomers, and our generation, more like the millennials. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything for us? For there, well, the difference is, is that, you know, they're just not really good with tech. They're so bad at tech. Every single time I got this Anne from Canada, when she comes back to Taiwan, she's like, she's like, she's always asking me to check her phone, help her with, you know, adding friends on line. And I'm like, I've taught you that for a hundred times. You, you should learn. Yeah, that's kind of a very good stereotype because, I mean, they didn't grow up with computers, I guess, a Mm -hmm. lot of them, if they're baby boomers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they really were used to, like, a world that's totally different than the world now. Mm -hmm. And with the silent generation, like my grandparents, my grandmother is hopeless. She will never use a cell phone, ever. She will (laughs) never really learn how to do that. She doesn't even own a computer. I mean, dude, it's it's like traveling back 50 years when you go to her apartment. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I noticed is uh, with traveling. All right, let's just take, uh, you know, the service industry. Uh, for for an example, but I'm just going to talk about traveling. So in the past, people would always go with travel agencies because they feel like it's a lot easier and they feel like oh, the service is convenient. But for people this generation, they would just go for you know backpacking. Um, they would just look up for um, package tours by themselves, but not with agencies. More like oh, with the with your B and Bs or with apps like K Luke or KK Day, you can mm-hmm. just book single trips. That's right. what they like to use. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, one one thing I would say is just their value set is a little bit different too, right? Mm-hmm. Like to me, like my parents, like really have they're kind of rooted in the old belief that you know you just. Go to school, get a job, work hopefully at that job for the rest of your life, buy a house. And it's kind of like a simple recipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, I, not many of my friends, um, I do have a couple of friends that actually have sort of lived that life, but a lot of my friends like just don't really have so much faith in this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, what my parents told me is, you know, to, to just get a stable job, uh, probably a better Better if you uh, work in an office, have a nine to five job, and then you start a family, have your kids. But, you know, that kind of lifestyle doesn't really work with this generation anymore because working in an office, you're not going to have enough money to, you know, actually have a good life. Well, I think it depends. I mean, I don't want to say that you will have enough money because, I mean, if you there's become a manager, so many yeah. different kinds of office jobs. Mm-hmm. Some of them require master's degrees. Some of them are like very high tech. I mean, even Google is probably an office job for most people. And if you're working at Google, you're making bank. But those office jobs are like if you're an engineer, right? So 
you know, for, for people like me who studied Wenzua, I'm not really good with like tech and math and blah, blah, blah. So then my type of job would be more like, oh, you know, in the office, maybe just doing some editing. Or if I'm in the service industry, maybe just, uh, you know, booking stuff for customers and all that. But if you're doing that kind of job, you're not going to be able to make enough money. And right now, I think there are more and more freelancers out there. Or then, you know, there are more and more startups starting because, you know, it's a lot easier to start a new company than before, but it's also harder to maintain a company. Yeah, that's hard for me to say, but I do agree that, you know, yeah, we have this thing called like the gig economy now and young people are getting really good at sort of learning how to side hustle and they're, they're really focused. I think our parents um, were more relaxed about their free time. Mm-hmm. At least my parents were. Like, you know, as soon as they finished the work day, they could just go home, cook dinner, watch TV, mm-hmm. you know, maybe enjoy a hobby for an hour or something like that. Yeah. Have a couple beers. But I feel like our generation, we're always like, oh, my God, what do we do next? I got to be productive. <laughs> yeah, I got to be successful. It also has something to do with tech because you're getting so much information and you're looking at other people's social media oh this person went to bali or this person went to the bahamas again why am i here why am i trapped but in the past people are more easily satisfied or people are more content with their lives yeah actually i wanted to say that i actually think i'm going to attack our generation for just a second Mm -hmm. i think our generation suffers from having like too much information and too much like uh sensory overload from like computers and cell phones mm-hmm. i feel like our parents like understood priorities pretty well mm. like put food on the table make sure your family's eating make sure your health is there but our generation just seems like we just want everything like yeah. we just want to be able to travel and have every like drink our expensive starbucks and, <laughs> you know i'm not saying everyone's just like that but i definitely notice a lot of people they seem to lack meaning in the modern world like our generation seems to be like what do i do like, you know, it's almost like you have too much, too many things to think about. That's me. That's me every day. That's why I mentioned it, because we're we're just never really content with what we're doing and what we have right now. We just always want more. Okay. And I'm curious, because actually we have very different backgrounds here. Mm-hmm. What do you think about religion in terms of like our parents' generation and our generation? Well, I'm a Christian. You're talking about that that kind of re- religion, right? Any religion could be, you know, Taoism, could be Christianity, yeah. could be Judaism. I'm just curious, like, the overall beliefs that you, in your mind, people maybe in Taiwan or in the world, mm-hmm. what you think some of the differences might be or how it's changed. I think people are superstitious in the past, especially my grandma, because she be- she believes in Taoism, right? Uh, we got lots of different xiang um, in our family. Uh, and, um, she would, she would just like, uh, light up some incense and just pray every single day, uh, making sure that everyone is safe. And then to ask the gods, Hey, is my son going to be safe on this trip? When, when is, when is the airplane going to land? So they, they ask their gods all kinds of questions like that. But for us, I would say this generation because it's more educated. Now, I'm not talking about my parents, right? I'm talking about my, my grandma because after that, the, the, the generations are more educated. So I think people are not as superstitious anymore. Yeah, I I'd, I'd think the world is a little bit more um, atheist, I mm-hmm. would say. I think that younger people are kind of leaving traditions behind mm-hmm. and oftentimes sort of believing in maybe the god of science rather mm-hmm. than old religions. Atheist 
Yeah, I'm not saying this is bad or good because, you know, I'm agnostic. I just sort of acknowledge that I have total ignorance in how the universe was created. And there's no way I'll ever know uh, unless maybe something happens after I, de- after I die. So, you know, I don't I used to kind of be very atheist. And now I've sort of changed to be like, well, you know, I don't know. How, how can I really say there's no God? I can't say that. Well, I feel like the religions I, I believe in God, right, because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I think religions is what gives people faith for the Western religions. It gives people faith but i feel like um the eastern let's say taoism or buddhism well buddhism let's let's put buddhism aside because it's more philosophical yeah Yeah. but for taoism i think it brings the people together and um it it also serves as a kind of protection because people in the past they believe that there are bad spirits out there to mess you up so i think it's it's a kind of protection and brings the people together um, I think it's pretty special. And also it has something to do with um, their buildings, right? Because everything is related to their religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually you hit on something that's really important. Religion really focuses a lot on the um, community. community. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are very together. It gives them a place to be. It gives them purpose. And I think that a lot of people, even very, very smart intellectual people, have kind of thought that, you know, since we're a lot less religious now, Mm -hmm. uh, people don't really know where to find meaning in community uh, nearly as much. Now, like I said, I'm not really religious myself. So, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to look at this from the outside perspective, really. Mm -hmm. Well, it gives people a purpose. For, For Taoism, you know, people get together for different festivals and they would have a cookout, just bantola. They would eat together and celebrate maybe birthdays of gods and whatever. Um, You know, they're just having a great time and they help each other out. So I think Taoism is pretty cool, too. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely good for purpose and community. Now, like I said, I'm kind of outside of that realm, but Mm -hmm. I definitely respect it in a lot of ways. Yeah, because actually when I was younger, I was I I believed in Taoism. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question for you. I think I really want to cover this in this okay. episode. All right. So it's not rare for me to walk by a park on the way to work and see a bunch of old people in Taiwan dancing and singing and doing exercise. Mm-hmm. But I would never see the young people doing something like that. Now, the exception, the exception might be that a lot of the high schoolers need to they have like dance classes or something mm-hmm. and they dance in the MRT stations. But why does it look like the old people in Taiwan just have so much more fun than the younger generation? I would say they're <laughs> more disciplined now that because they have retired. Um, and, you know, old people, they wake up a little bit earlier than younger people, right? So they would just get together and do some, like, they, they would dance with fans or swords and all kinds of that. They exercise early in the morning. It's a type of community. Um, also, in Taiwan, we have Xiangzu, you know, like the patrols. They're usually like older people, and they just walk around the streets in your community at night, making sure that everyone is all safe. And they ba- all the, basically all the old people in the same community, they, they know each other, and they help each other out. So, um, for, for, But for the younger people, I think they're more independent. If they want to exercise, they would probably just go to a gym. It's more comfortable anyways. And I think more people... They don't usually get up that early in the morning because, you know, early in the day you kind of have to work. And then after later at night, you would just go work out or maybe grab a few beers with your friends. I think this is what, you know, the younger people are doing. But in the past, older people would just go out for, you know, to play xiangqi, chess, and then mm-hmm. drink some tea. 
Yeah, I've, I, it's definitely pretty interesting to witness. And actually, I really admire it because in the West, like old people just don't have this strong sense of community. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of very lonely, lonely old people in the West. Mm-hmm. And it's really actually kind of sad. But in Taiwan, they're so communal. Like They're always together. They're always out and about doing things, exercising, chatting. I don't know what else they're doing, but they're very well, communal. <laughs> <laughs> well, the communities are smaller here. They're closer, right? Because in, in America, you, get, you guys have bigger land. So everyone is kind of like far away from each other. But in Taiwan, we have so many apartments and, you know, every you can just like basically talk to each other through the windows. It's kind of like, you know, in New York, how all the buildings are are built very closely. Mm -hmm. So in Taiwan is like everyone, they know each other. Uh, For example, I live um, right upstairs. Um, Actually, you know, at my door, there's like a big alley that is just like a traditional market. And everybody knows each other and everybody look out for each other. So let's say my grandma, because she has Alzheimer's, sometimes she would just, you know, go somewhere else or run away or buy stuff like she had already bought. So then the the neighbors would help her out. Ah, I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're also very health conscious. They really care about their health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all just work out together early in the morning. And when they work out, they also talk about, like, gossip. <laughs> yeah, I That's bet. what they do, I yeah. Bet. All right, um, let's go to the last section of the podcast, which is sort of communicating with the older generation. Mm-hmm. So we're both millennials, but we have to communicate with older people sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think in this section, we can sort of talk about maybe some of the funny things that happen or some of the ways you do that or some of the miscommunications. I think they just prefer calling more than, you know, typing and or, like, um FaceTiming. Yeah, my dad will text a little bit now, but it took him years. I mean, years to really like text more than one word. And so <laughs> like, yeah, you really have to call, but he doesn't even like to call on the phone. He really doesn't like to talk on the phone either. Mm-hmm. Like, So it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I do feel like the older generation is much more skeptical of um, tech, smart, smartphones in particular. Mm-hmm. They really just see like young people, like just sort of as like zombies. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of agree with that, to be honest. But mm-hmm. um, they're definitely less. I think that communicating communicating with older people usually involves more calling or visiting them directly. Yeah. And, you know, you like older people would always say, why are you always on your phone? Why are you always on your laptop? Well, I'm working, right? Because in the past, maybe they work with papers and pen, but now we work with our laptops and you can, you know, we can also work on your phone. So to them, it it would feel like we are not listening to them or not talking to them. But the problem is we're communicating with them through our laptops and our phones. I don't, I don't know about your parents and grandparents, but I find them to be more direct as mm-hmm. well. Like... I definitely find some of my friends to be direct, but I feel like young people are, like, way more scared to talk to each other. You mean, like, scared to approach? Like, maybe scared to approach and maybe scared to say things too directly. Like, I remember as a teenager, my grandfather being like, why don't you have a girlfriend? Why don't you have a girlfriend yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I think we're taught not to pry too much, I guess. Oh, and also because, like, you're, you know, in Taiwan, you're older, let's say you're maybe your aunt or your grandparents or like whatever if you if you go visit them during Chinese New Year they ask you these questions that are just like really really annoying (laughs) and you kind of just like you know what when I grow up I don't want to be like them so you learn the lesson and also I think people are just not as tight as before anymore and they don't really care I feel like it's because they don't really care so they don't really talk to each other 
Yeah, I also feel like old people are much better at small talk. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I used to work at a cafe, and all the old people would just come in there and be like, hey, how's the weather today? You know, a nice sunny day, eh? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. is. I care so much. <laughs> it's the same as Taiwan. Um, I've been traveling to a lot of places lately, and then, um, you know, a lot of the store owners or, like, older people, like, when I talk to them, they're like, huh? like why are you talking to me? They, they're, they're surprised because most people just don't talk to them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, <laughs> I do feel like younger people, though, are more likely to have kind of more funny interactions. Like, I really like, I don't know, I really enjoy some of those weird interactions you have with, like, younger people. I where... call them awkward. <laughs> awkward? Yeah. I think younger people are more awkward to, you know, when, when it comes to talking to other people. Yeah, well, I think because old people, there's no threat. Like, there's mm-hmm. no there, there's no sexual tension if you talk to, like, someone of the opposite sex that's old. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. You know, if I, if I go talk to, like, a 26-year-old girl, mm-hmm. there could be tension there just because I'm a boy. Oh, and yeah. we're, we're of the same age, if, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Like, in the... In the in the general area. But if I talk to like a 72 year old woman, that's just gone. Like mm-hmm. she's just going to think I'm some sweet young man. That's Aww. like talking to her. <laughs> or I'm going to think she's some sweet old lady. Yeah. So I do feel like there's some, there's some sexual tension between the genders. And I also feel like with like the same gender, it's less awkward, but like, I don't know. I find that like, we're just more closed off than the older generation. Yeah, well, I don't feel that part, you know, because um, I don't exactly look like a girl or look like a boy. So for me, it doesn't really matter. I just go up and talk to people. I guess I'm a pretty direct person. Uh, you know, I like to be direct. I like to get things done, like boom, boom, boom. I don't really like, you know, just like stalling or something. Yeah, I get that. I don't either. Um, like I said, I de- there, I've definitely had some very awkward interactions with females uh, <laughs> in my time, I'm not going to lie. But with males, like the same gender, usually it's fine. But yeah, I don't find it. I mean, I don't know. I guess the the difference is the older generation, they just say whatever they want, and they're just super open. And the younger generation, we're just really self-conscious with everything we say and everything we do. Yeah, because they're always comparing themselves with other people because of social media. So thank you, Instagram. All right, guys. Well, we hope that you learned something from this episode, and we hope we covered the topics that our listener wanted to hear. Um, If not, or if so, please let us know. We always love to hear your comments. Hey, guys. Welcome back. This is kind of a postscript message from Winnie and I. So we're here to tell you that there's going to be some changes with Ride the Vibes. We don't know how you will take this news, but this is just what's happening. So I switched teams in the VoiceTube company. After all, this is a VoiceTube product, uh, Ride the Vibes. So I am switching teams to Hero. Some of you guys probably know Hero from the VoiceTube website. So I am now working on a lot of Hero stuff, and I am not sure if they are going to keep me as a host for Ride the Vibes or not, but there is a good chance this will be my final episode, unfortunately. And yes, as for me, Winnie is making some career changes, but for all of you who enjoyed uh, this show, who enjoyed Ride the Vibes, I can I can tell you the show is going to continue, but probably without me and Steve. But if you really do like this show, I say keep listening, keep learning, because no matter what, you're going to be able to benefit from this show. Yeah, and we are sad to leave the show, and we had a lot of fun making it, and we had a lot of fun interacting with you guys. So it is kind of with sad hearts that we leave. 
Um, but there is kind of good news here. We both have our own kind of products on the side. So, Winnie, you have a podcast that mm-hmm. some of these listeners can listen to if they want to hear more from you. Yes. If you want to keep uh, learning from Winnie, make sure you go to Instagram and follow me, uh, W-I-N-N-I-E-Y-U-J-U-L-I-A-O. How about you, Steve? Well, actually, this is kind of a weird time because I have two podcasts that have just ended. My personal podcast just ended and this podcast just ended. So, uh-huh. actually, at the at the moment... Um, I don't have any podcasts for you to listen to, but I am in the plans of making a new improved podcast that should hopefully be out by the end of the year. So I will definitely try to update uh, some listeners through either Winnie's podcast or through this podcast about my future podcast. And I hope some of you guys will come listen later. So don't be sad. That means you're getting more content, you know, because you got right the vibes. You can still learn English from this and you get our personal content either from Steve or from me. So don't be sad. This is actually a good start. Well, yeah, I guess every every new beginning comes from another beginning's end. Right. So, um, like I said, this is a little bit sad for us, but there is stuff we're doing in the future. We hope you guys join us on our future adventures. And, of course, we hope you guys can continue to listen to this podcast as well as other podcasts and learn English. After all, that is most of your goal. Uh, that is most of your goals. And, uh, yeah, we really wouldn't be here without you guys. So whoever's listened to the podcast, whoever's contributed, whoever's given us ideas, we really appreciate everything you guys have done to support Ride the Vibes. Got that right. So thank you, VoiceTube, and thank you to all the listeners. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ride the Vibes. We're glad you enjoyed the episode. We want to take our show around the world to reach new listeners. It would be totally awesome if you would like, share, and subscribe. You can now find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Wherever you are, we'll be there waiting. We're also now on Instagram. Find us at rtvibesvt. And definitely get in contact with us if there's anything you want us to talk about in the future. See you next time, and once again, thanks for listening.